Welcome to NJASA's Frontline Leadership for Extraordinary Times video podcast series. Our guest today is Dr. Sue DeNovole, Superintendent and Chief Education Officer of the Rochelle Park Public School System. Dr. DeNovole became Rochelle Park's new superintendent just this past July and just in time to tackle the monumental challenges all school systems faced with reentry planning and reopening. Her 27 years of diversified education experience and exceptional leadership skills were a welcome to Rochelle Park as they began the new year. Dr. DeNoble's experience spans from general to special education in pre-kindergarten through 12th grade, from child study teams to the classroom, and from serving as a principal to assistant superintendent with expertise in curriculum and instruction, personnel, board operations, budgeting, and governance. She is also actively involved in various Bergen County committees, New Jersey State Education Organizations, and is a mentor and supporter of NJASA's Women's Leadership Programs and the Annual Conference. Welcome, Sue, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to participate in our 15th video podcast. Before we begin, how are you and your family doing? Well, thank you very much, Dr. Baza, for having me be part of this podcast series. It's an honor for me. And thank you for asking about my family. We're all doing well. Um, you know, going through the hard challenges and the changing times of, of the days as we all are, but we're doing the best that we can to keep moving forward. Thank you. Good, good to hear. Good to hear that everybody's doing well. And you know, as we as we talk today, you face what I imagine must have been an incredible challenge in transitioning from your role as an assistant superintendent in Woodridge to that of the chief education officer in Rochelle Park in the middle of the pandemic. What were the hurdles and the opportunities that you faced during that transition? This sure has been a challenge. It's been a challenge unlike any other I've ever experienced in my career. Um, And I keep reminding myself that whether you've been a superintendent for two days or for 20 years, this is new to every one of us. So um, I guess if there were a good time to enter into uh, becoming the superintendent, jumping in at a time when everybody's new at this together is as better time as any. And um, I just try to keep that mindset there. Um, hurdles? I'm just going to give a big deep sigh here. The hurdles have been tremendous. And um, as I say that, though, I can sincerely smile because I'm so proud of all the work that's getting done here in Rochelle Park. And and, um, I will tell you that one of the biggest hurdles for me has been to quickly learn new people and a new place while simultaneously and very quickly orchestrating a team to address a reentry plan. I have never had to use that those skill sets simultaneously and so quickly. So I started here um, at Rochelle Park on July 1st. And um, at the very end of June, as you know, the governor had issued executive orders that changed what we needed to do to start up and to reopen a new school year. So here I am stepping in July 1st. And on July 2nd, I had a reentry team in place. And on July 2nd, we held our very first reentry team planning meeting. So um, we hit the ground running. Uh, we learned a lot about each other in a very short time. And um, we, we made things happen and we were able to roll them forward. So 
Um, but for the hurdles, you know, educators and uh, school leaders have never had to face certain decisions and challenges as we are today. Um, medical decisions, um, conversations about MERV ratings on filters and things that were never really part of our scope and our, our, our vocabulary even. So um, here we are faced with those hurdles and obstacles, but we're making them work uh, because we have to, because it matters and it's what counts for children and for students. You know, when you talk about a July 2nd start, it seems, uh, you know, that was just such a short time ago, but yet it seems eons ago in terms of all the work that you know has been done collectively. And I'm sure you've had an opportunity to talk with many of your colleagues in your county as well as uh, I know is happening in, in most every county that what had been traditional meetings have really become conversations and discussions about what are you doing there and what, and what are we doing here? And so none of us have ever faced obstacles to this kind of an opening as you talked about. And so as you got into July and you made your plan, September came around, Tell us about your plan that was prepared for Rochelle Park students and how that implementation is going so far. Thanks. I certainly would be happy to speak to that. So the plan really came from, you know, we talk about the hurdles, but the opportunities that came along with it. Um, and part of those opportunities that were key to establishing a good reentry plan, and, and I'm going to say a very solid plan that I'm proud of here in Rochelle Park, um, really centers on establishing the relationships and cultivating the relationships that we needed to have to make this plan go forward and to have it be what I consider to be a top-notch plan. Um, so we have a solid teamwork effort in place. Um, and you mentioned other organizations and groups. So the Bergen County Association of School Administrators has been fantastic. Their support, our meetings, lending um, key aspects to one another, um, information sharing, resource sharing. The Bergen County Office of Education, too, um, the, the people in that office have just been working day and night to support all of us. And, and there, too, that teamwork has made a tremendous difference. Um, so, so I think part of the silver lining in, in this and developing the plans is our, comes from the relationships that have been cultivated and um, that we know we can rely upon one another. Um, the plan itself here at Rochelle Park, um, we set out to start September with a hybrid model and um, utilizing the school's team colors. And, uh, the school's colors, we developed two teams. So we have a team maroon and a team white, and the students were to come in on alternating days. Um, and, and it's a little bit more involved than that. That sounds rather simplistic. Um, but what had happened was, and as you know, uh, mid-August or so, plans changed, things changed, the, um, the parameters of the game, so to speak, changed a bit. And so with that, our district had to start on a full remote platform. I am proud, though, to say that the things that caused us to have to start on a full remote platform were short-lived. And by October 1st, we were able to open our doors and the biggest smile, the biggest joy that I've had so far has been watching the students come into the school building. Um, I'm out there among the faculty and the staff, taking temperatures of the students, making sure that the daily you know, health forms are submitted, um, but I couldn't be happier doing it because it, having students in the building is what brings our school building to life. And it makes our 
our house a home, if you will. Um, and, and I'm proud of that and um, couldn't be happier. The students are doing a great job, uh, faculty, the staff, the parents, everybody's complying with all the new and different requirements. And, um, you know, the old saying about it, it takes a village. Well, the village is, is doing all of its parts. So, um, so that's, that's a big piece of how our reentry plan has been coming together. Glad to hear this going so well once you got back to in-person. And, and as you said, many districts uh, faced with the changing rules that came to us. You know, in July, you were told you had to open no matter what with students. And then we had a change to allowing parents to select remote. And also uh, then saying, finally, uh, almost as we got to the beginning of the traditional school year, you really take a look at each school district to see if you are prepared indeed to open. And uh, if you're not, you, you can remain remote. So very happy to hear that. Very happy to hear those sounds of the students in the classroom and the teachers welcoming yes. them back. I, you know, I get excited just thinking about it. I can't imagine how excited you and the staff were, you know, as, as they entered back through those doors, even though they have all of those rules and regulations to follow in order to maintain the safety aspect. It really is the best. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I, and you know, and a lot of a lot of parents were very happy too. You know, they were teachers long enough. I think they got a taste of uh, how difficult it can be, especially with the remote instruction. I'm going I'm to shift gears a little bit, if I might, Sue, and talk about uh, your work. I mentioned that you've been involved with the NJSA Women's Leadership Programs and our net and our uh, conference that we partner with the school principals and supervisors and the American Association of School Administrators. And I know that you've done a lot uh, organizing things in Bergen County, where we have the most school districts in, 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 in a county in the state. And as we look at the stats, 36% of our chief education officers, school superintendents are women. And uh, we continue to lead the nation in that regard. There's about 24%. The last study I saw nationally were 36% of my last count. Um, but it doesn't reflect the fact that we've probably got about 80% of our professionals throughout the school system are female. And so we had the COVID-19 crisis come along. Many of the events uh, had to be postponed or canceled. Our spring conference was one, as was our annual uh, conference in women's leadership, uh, as I mentioned with our co-sponsors. So you've done a lot there. I'd like you to talk to our viewers and our listeners about the importance of those programs and what's being done to, to mentor new leaders and the things that are happening in Bergen County, if you will. Sure. Um, I, thank you for asking me to speak to that as well. Uh, as you noted, 36% of New Jersey superintendents and, and chief education officers are female. Um, we've got some work to do there, especially for a profession that has so many um, females as teachers it's safe to say that women are underrepresented in, in the roles of administration, in particular that of, of superintendents. So um, it was actually at, I'll give you a little history here, um, a BCASA, Bergen County Association of School Administrators monthly meeting that I had the fortune of attending as a, an assistant superintendent. And um, I was sitting at the table with a, another Bergen County superintendent and um, Dr. Michelle Robinson. And little by little, as we would sit in the meetings, we would keep hearing this type of information uh, about women in our roles and, and uh, administrative leadership roles. And you know, little by little, sometimes the best things happen at a table on a napkin. And she and I kept elbowing each other and just nudged each other and said, that's it. We need to start a Bergen County Women in Ed Leadership Group. 
And that's really all that it took. It, it just took two women sitting at the same table, little by little, having conversation to get to know one, one another and to feel um, that we needed to have a place where we could empower and support women in our growth. And um, certainly the needs of, of women in administration are different than those of men. And that's not a good, bad type of statement. It's just an acknowledgement that it's just different. There are differences. So we wanted to um, bring together women because we felt that who best to understand and support the differences than women ourselves. So we, in the late winter, early spring of 2019, we decided to open up a meeting and invite female leaders from across the county to start to survey and see what it is that we would need and we would like from one another and what we can do is, and put together as resources. From there, we were able to um, put together a steering committee established the Bergen County Women in Educational Leadership Group. And from there, we ended up having organized meetings. Um, we had formal meetings. We had informal networking sessions across the following year. And um, we grew to over 110 members in a very short amount of time. And we also had the support of the NJASA Women Leadership Group and uh, the Director of Special Projects, Judy Ratner, who came and supported us along the way. So we, we got preempted. Our spring uh, workshop uh, got preempted by COVID. And we are at a point where we are now getting back up and running and we will host more workshops uh, for women leaders in Bergen County starting this fall. Um, I will say that uh, as part of this, as if having to get preempted by COVID was not enough, my co-founder, Michelle Robinson, moved out of New Jersey. So she left me to myself to carry this torch forward, and I am not going to let it die. So I have a new co-leader, uh, Shauna DeMarco from Tenafly, and she and I have met, and we've put things in the works already to continue uh, our resources and support and networking um, opportunities for the female leaders here in Bergen County. That's fantastic. I'm glad that Shauna stepped up. I know you have broad shoulders, but it's always good to have some help uh, working with that. And the number of women that you have involved, I'm sure will continue to grow from that fantastic start of over 100. And, you know, we've had our women's leadership committee and uh, we also have now the diversity uh, leadership committee trying to really work at those underrepresented areas, not only uh, in certainly in leadership, but in some of the other areas with our minorities not even represented well in the uh, teaching force. So uh, a great challenge for us as a state, but we're working at it. And uh, I can tell you the events that I've attended uh, that were directed for women's leadership have a great feel and the support of women for each other and the kind of programs that are being conducted are fantastic. So I want to compliment you on all that good work and uh, offer our support. Judy Ratner certainly will be there to help you as part of her assignment. And uh, we're, we're working with each of the counties to try to do great things as you're doing there in Bergen. Thank you. So th I want to thank you for, for all that you've done and see if you have any uh, final motivating words, if you will, for our members about uh, everything that you've gone through from a tr transition to a new position to, uh, you know, change plans and uh, you're mustering through with courage and with a smile, I'm happy to see. 
what what words do you have for our members? Um, you know, there's something that I carry with me every single day, and it's a quote that I came upon many, many years ago. I used to keep it actually across my computer monitor. Um, I haven't put it back up yet since I've moved into my new space, but I will. Um, it doesn't need to be on my computer monitor. It's in my, it's in my head every single day I think about it. I guess I'd like to share that with you. And that is the quote is, um, nobody cares about what you know until they know that you care. And honestly, just care. Care about what you're doing. Care about one another. It shows people feel it. It's experienced. It's what matters. So just don't ever stop caring. You know, a great sentiment for any time, but really important during this tough time when you know schools have to reconnect. I, I talk often about whenever there's a crisis, the schools become the focus of the community, and, and we're doing that now. And knowing that you care as the leader there is an important thing. So, Sue, we wish you continued success in your new assignment as we we move uh, forward throughout the year and hopefully back this to uh, nor more normal times as we go forward. So thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your thoughts with our members. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to coming up and visiting with some of the events as we can have back to uh, head back to in-person events in Bergen County. Likewise, I look forward to seeing you at those events as well. And thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you. And to our uh, listeners and viewers, remember, we will continue distributing video podcast interviews to help keep you connected and informed. So please monitor your email, visit njasa.net, and subscribe to our NJASA podcast. Until then, I'm Rich Baza. Please be safe, stay well, and remain healthy.